him praise as we possibly can. Amen? He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Uh, if you need a lesson, we had that, that uh, printer. It was malfunctioning again today, so some of, the, some of the outlines got out, some of them didn't. If you need a lesson, raise your hand. This is a brand-new lesson for today. Raise your hand real high, right in the middle. Right in the middle, William, right behind you. Uh, uh, right in the back, back there. Raise, keep them up high. Keep them up high. Keep them up high. It should be your exercise for tonight. Amen? All right. Keep them up high. I want to make sure you get them. This may... This is, a, this is a very, very, very important lesson. We are, we're going to start a new series and a new book uh, when we begin our, uh, in, in Fairview. So we're, we'll be in tune and together. And uh, what's being taught out there will be, be taught here uh, in, in unison there. So we're going to have a, a little break in between. Uh, so I just prayed and said, Lord, what do you want me to teach tonight? It's, it's, it, we're at, we, we, we've got a brand new series we're going to start later. So what do we need to know now? Uh, going into the new year, uh, going into what we are fixing to face. <clears throat> this week, I made a comment uh, that, that this life in this year is going to be a year full of decisions. Full of decisions. And, and the thing about the decisions, though, is with every decision, either comes a result or a consequence. A result or a consequence. And, and whether we like it or not, Every day of our life is full of decisions. We can decide whether to stay in bed or get up. We can decide to stay home or go to work. Now, we stay home, you get a nap, but you go to poverty. Say amen. You see, there's always a consequence to every decision. And, and see, sometimes, sometimes we get frustrated at other people because of the consequences we are facing when it's us that made the decisions that led to the consequence. And I, in UFC fighting, uh, in UFC fighting, Dana White, he's kind of the, the guru of that or whatever, president, and he always tells the fighters this. He says, never leave the fight up to the judges. Never leave the fight up to the judges. What in the world does that mean? Don't leave your, your life to someone else's decisions. Don't, don't, don't let somebody else make choices for your life. You be the one who's leading your life. You be the one in charge. And, and obviously, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, but you following Him. Don't let, somebody else, don't let somebody else lead your life for you. You lead the life that God has given you, and all God's people say it. Amen. Well, we're going to study tonight. We're going to study the book of Psalm, chapter number 1. Uh, very, very good, good chapter, especially for uh, the topic of the, of, of the day, the topic of the night. Uh, in going into this new year and what we're facing, how many of y'all know there's always two paths to travel? Always two paths to travel. Always two ways that we can go. There's always, and remember this, remember this, with those two paths, there's always a destination on both ends. Some people want to travel one path and think that it's not going to lead to what it's going to lead to. I can just keep doing this and acting foolishly and living like an idiot and not pay the consequences. There will be a destination at the end of the path. And all God's people said. That's what we're going to talk about today. I wanted to contrast, because that's what this chapter is doing. It's contrasting both paths, and it's contrasting the destinations of both paths. 
Uh, and so I was gonna, we were going to go down the righteous path and see everything about that in detail. And then we was going to go down the ungodly, the ungodly. But we got so much stuff on the righteous, we're not going to have time for the ungodly. All right? And so, so what the psalm does is what we can do tonight. Everything about the righteous, right? Everything about the righteous, this is what the psalm says. And the ungodly are not so. So everything we talk about, everything we talk about tonight, if you're going to live the ungodly path, is not so. Does that make sense? So we don't have to cover that one, all right? So just think, everything we talk about tonight, if you don't want to do none of that, you're going to get the exact opposite of the blessings you're going to see tonight. So all God's people say it. All right, let's study. Let's study. Psalm 1 in verse number 1. Does everybody have a lesson now? Does anybody miss out on a lesson before we begin? All right, here we go. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall... What's the word? Now, isn't that the same word that was used in Joshua over and over and over again? And it was connected, if you'll remember, it was connected to God's word too. You remember he told Joshua, don't turn to the right or to the left, or the left or the right from God's word, and then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So Psalm 1 is is saying exactly what Joshua 1 has said. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But, verse 4, the ungodly are... In other words, everything we just read, it's not so. But are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, because of that, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall shall perish. You see, there's two ways. There's two paths. Let's talk about them tonight. Amen? Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your goodness, your mercy. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. Help us to study, help us to learn, help us to grow. You know what everybody's faced today. Uh, You know what everybody's going to face tomorrow. And Lord, I pray that you'll just give us wisdom. Give us the ability to to, to learn. Give me the ability to communicate in such a way that everybody understands. And we can all leave with a, a, a better spirit. We can all leave with a, a, a healthy understanding of your word. And Lord, help us to be better Christians tomorrow than we were today. And God, I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. <clears throat> verse 1. Verse 1 begins with the word blessed. Say that with me. Blessed. Say it again. Blessed. blessed. Uh, it's the Hebrew word asher, which means happy. means happiness. But not just happy. It's, a, it's in, a, in a plural form in such a way where it's, oh, how happy. Are y'all with me? In other words, it's, this, is, it, this is God saying to us, there is favor, there is blessing, uh, there is joy. It is something that is, is, is more than just something temporary. It is something deep set in a person's heart and in his soul. He has real happiness, contentment. Blessed is this 
man. And then he goes and gives a description, all right? So that's what we want to talk about. Now, verse number one deals with the negative side of it. In other words, what we are to avoid. And then verse number two deals with what we need to practice, what we, we do need to do. Verse one, what we don't need to do. Verse two, what we do need to accomplish and, and practice in our life. Verse three says the results of what we do in verse one and two. Does that make sense? Say amen. All right, so if you're writing these notes down, write this down. Number one, I want you to see the happy man. The happy man, his decision. His decision. You have to make a decision. You have to choose. Joshua looked at God's people when it came time for him to die. He, he, he had accomplished God's will for his life. He'd accomplished God's purpose for his life. He fulfilled his responsibility that was given to him in Joshua chapter number 1. He stands all the people up. They're there in front of him. And he says, look, he tells them everything God has done for them. He tells them all the benefits of God's plan for them. He tells them everything that God wanted for them. And then he said this, choose you this day. Make up your mind. Make a decision today. Listen, choose you this day whom ye will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what he's saying? My mind's made up. I've already decided. We're not, this is not up for debate. We're not going to send out a poll for the, the, the choices we're going to make or the direction we're going to go. My mind is made up, and that's what you need to do tonight. Before we ever get out of January, before we ever face the rest of this year, you need to make a decision tonight. You need to decide, I'm going to stand with Christ. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to let the winds of society, the winds of culture, the winds of peer pressure sway me one way or the other. Tonight, I'm choosing God and the righteous path. Say amen. Listen, he has a decision. And this is the decision he makes. Three different areas. Three different really important areas of his life. All right? First, if you're taking notes, write this down. A, he made a decision in his life to have the right counsel. He made a decision in his life to have the right counsel. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, this is a very, very, very important. I believe in counsel. The Bible teaches us in the book of Proverbs that, that when a man in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Amen? I believe in counsel. I believe in getting good advice. I believe in talking to somebody about major decisions in your life. I believe that God gave us the Holy Spirit to be our counselor, to help us and guide us and direct us in the life that we live, in the choices that we make. I believe in counsel, but all counsel, everybody listen to this, all counsel is not good counsel. And, and I've learned this. A lot of people like to give counsel that don't need to give counsel. How many of y'all have realized in life by now everybody's got an opinion? How many of y'all have realized by now in your life everybody's got a plan for your life? But the only problem with that is, is you may have a plan for my life, but you will not suffer the consequences. I will. Amen. Amen. Family will have a plan for your life. Friends will have a good idea for your life. 
The world definitely has a plan for your life. Satan has a plan for your life. And guess what? They're all going to be vying for your attention. They're all going to be pulling at you. They're all going to be trying to get you swayed. That's why it says, be not conformed to this world. You remember what I said the word conform means? It means pressed into the mold. And everywhere around you, you're going to feel pressure. You're going to feel pressure to do and conform and to be what they are. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, so what do we do? I, I, I've given this part before. Some of y'all in here, if you've been here a while, you've heard me say this, but it's good to say it again, so you need to write this stuff down. Uh, uh, this is great to go into the new year. Who do I need to get counsel from? Who, who is good to get advice from? First, they've got to be saved. They've got to be saved. They've got to be saved. Why should you go and get counsel from someone who doesn't know the end from the beginning? They need to be saved. The Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Why would, what, why would a saved man go to a lost man to get good advice? Are y'all with me? Save, save. All right? Number two, number two. He needs to be scriptural. You need to ask yourself, this advice that I'm getting, for whatever it is, it may be for a job, it may be for a marriage, it may be for whatever, a relationship, uh, whatever it may be. Is the advice this man is, or woman given me, is it scriptural? Because someone can tell you something. Here, here's, here's a phrase you hear all the time. Here's a phrase you hear all the time. Uh, just go with your heart. How many of y'all have heard that before? Now, don't lie in your house of the Lord. How many of you have said it before? But do you know the Bible says totally against that? The Bible says that the heart is deceitful. The Bible says the heart is wicked. You know, uh, David said, you know, there ain't nothing good in me. So, it sounds good. And to the world, you know, let your conscience be your guide. No. Mm. Because your flesh is weak. Ask Peter. Remember what he said? Your spirit's willing. But your flesh is, don't go with your conscience, go with the Word. Because if your conscience is different than the Word, you better stick with the Word. Amen? Scriptural. Scriptural. Is the advice I'm getting, is the counsel I'm getting, is it scriptural? Okay? Is the person saved? Are they scriptural? Then, then, then number two, number three, are they spiritual? Are they spiritual? You say, what do you mean? If they're saved, they're spiritual. Not so. David was a man after God's own heart, but there was a time he wasn't walking real tight with the Lord. Solomon was the wisest man ever to live, had a supernatural wisdom given to him by God, and there was a time that he was outside of the will of God. He was away from God. He was backslidden. He started following other gods. That tells you how goofy he got. Say amen. So just because they're saved, and just because they're sitting with you in church, that doesn't mean they're following the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Now, spiritual. Are they walking with God? Do they show evidence of knowing God? Do they show evidence of spiritual maturity? Spiritual maturity. All right? Uh, and by the way, 
this is this may not be this may not be. I'm just going to throw this out here. You do whatever you want with it. Most of the time, really spiritual, mature people, they're not soliciting advice. It's usually the spiritually immature that's always wanting to give it. If there's always somebody trying to tell you how to live, you might want to be careful with that turkey. Because I found this out. Wise people don't say a whole lot. Wise people are kind of quiet. And then when they do talk, you better listen. Are y'all with me? Boy, y'all, y'all getting awful quiet. Who y'all been listening to lately? All right, spiritual. They're spiritual. Give me those three again. They got to be. They got to be. And then they got to be. All right, this is the last one. You can tack this on. I put this last because it's last on the list. They got to be successful. You don't need to get marriage advice from somebody who's been divorced 17 times. Don't get financial advice from somebody who's bankrupt. How many of y'all have ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Ain't he cool? He don't pull no punches. He tells it just like it is. I mean, he, 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 I, I love the guy. And, and, and I, I love the fact that he don't like when people come to him to advice and then tell him he's wrong. I just love that about him. Because I love when people make appointments with me and come to me and ask my counsel and then tell me, I said, look, you came to me. So he's given counsel. And, uh, and so, well, my friend, my friend said that, 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 that you, you, this and this and that. He said, but your friend is broke. Why are you getting advice about finances from broke friends? Hello? Are they successful? Are they successful? Have, have, they, have, they, have they done what they're telling you to do? I've, I've been, I've been at, at the Coon Club with all them older gentlemen, and I love hanging around them because they, they, they lie about their dogs, and they run each other's dogs down, and they live for that, and that makes them happy. <clears throat> and people will come in, and they will try to tell them what to do. I've told you all this before. I mean, this is just a reoccurring thing. I've told you this before. Young, young men will come in and have a problem with their wife, and them older guys are trying to tell him what to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I told the guy, listen, don't listen to them. I said, if they was happy with their wife, they wouldn't be here tonight. <laughs> be careful. Say amen. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What am I doing there then? I know. <laughs> I'm trying to minister to them people. <laughs> Y'all are terrible. Y'all know that, right? All right, number one, number one, he made a decision to have the right counsel. Say it with me, have the right, let's get good advice. Let's talk to saved people. Let's get spiritual advice, all right? Number two, number two, write this down. All right, he said in verse number one, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Now, what does that mean? He has the right companions. He has the right companions. Be careful who you hang with. <clears throat> Be careful who you hang with. There's, there's, there's so many verses we could go to. Uh, you know, 
the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, if you walk with wise people, you're going to be wise. If you walk with fools, you will be destroyed. Are y'all with me? Birds of a feather, and they also fall together. Amen? How many young people do you know were good young people? I mean, really, good young people got around the wrong people and made terrible mistakes in their life. You may be sitting in the building. Listen, be careful who you hang with. The way, here, this word way, in verse number one, he, standeth, he doesn't stand in the way of sinners. The word way is not meaning he's standing in the way of him getting by. The word way means a direction. It means a path. It means the behavior that they are accomplishing. You are going to be who you run with. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So what do we do here? Here's some practical things. Practical things. Who do I need to run with this year? Who do I need to hang out with this year? Write this down. Uh, number one, <clears throat> your companion needs to be one who will challenge you. They need to be one who will challenge you. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Now, this is, this is an illustration of, of, uh, of, of an axe being sharpened. Uh, an axe taking a grinding stone. Uh, most of you, if you, you used to have, when I was growing up, uh, my dad would have a whip rock, and he would, he would take that rock, and he'd take his knife, and he would, he would scrape that knife, sharpening that knife, and it would, listen, it'd, cut, it'd, it'd be sharp as a razor, but it took friction. Y'all with me? It took friction, friction from metal to metal to sharpen the blade, to accomplish the purpose that he wanted and make the job easier. And here's the point that the, 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 the Word is trying to teach us today. You need to have people around you that will challenge you, that wants you to be better. And by the way, by the way, if, if you only hang around people who you're just always the smartest one in the room, you're never going to grow. Hang around people who are the type of people that you want to be like, that will challenge you to be a better father that will challenge you to be a better mother, that will challenge you to be a better wife, that will challenge you to be a better father. Hang around people that will challenge you, that will make you want to work harder, that will want, listen, inspire you to be a better person. Don't hang, are y'all with me? Challenge. Listen, step up to something. Too many times we want to be lazy. Too many times we want to be the the the... the I, I don't know, the most spiritual one in the room, or we just hang around people that don't intimidate us. Sometimes you need to hang around those type people that will make you step it up a little bit, that will make you want to study a little harder, that will make you want to work a little harder. Are y'all with me? Man, I, I, I like to play golf, and don't get to play that much, but I, I, I like to play when I do. And, 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 and I, I, I love to get with people that are good. Because it'll make you step it up. It'll make you concentrate more. It'll make you... And then if you, got, if you play with people that are not so good, you'll normally play down to their level. You will lose focus. You won't... You won't it's not that you're not trying, but you're, it, there's just something different. And here's the thing. Don't, make sure you're going to hang around somebody that's going to challenge you to be a better Christian. That's going to challenge you. Say it with me. Challenge me. I need a challenge this year. I need to hang around people that will challenge me to be better. Now, let me say this. Before I give you the other two, uh, understand this. This, this. this may be a big decision for you. 
Because you may have to, you may have to say goodbye to some people. Because there, there are certain people in certain people's lives that is a major distraction from walking with God. And listen, you've got to make the choice, not someone else. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, I want to be around somebody that's going to challenge me. Then, then number two, number two, I want to be around somebody that's going to confront me. I want to be around somebody that's willing to confront me. <clears throat> Look what it says. Proverbs 27, 6. After you write down your answer, uh, 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 say amen when you get to Proverbs 27, 6. Look what, look what it says if we got the verse up here. Faithful are the what? What's that word? The wounds. The wounds. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I connect wound with pain. Y'all with me? A wound causes pain. But the Bible says faithful are the of a who? Friend. And then look what it says, just for the sake of it. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, I don't know about you, but when it, 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 any of y'all have tests where you had, to, you had like words over here and answers over here and you had to match the right word with the right answer? Well, I guarantee you this, I wouldn't have put wound with friend and I sure wouldn't have put kisses with enemy. But you know what? That's what, that's what the word says. You know what? Somebody, somebody flattering you when he's your enemy is more dangerous than your friend hurting your feelings, telling you the truth. In other words, you don't want a doctor, if, if you've got cancer, you don't want him to say, man, you're good. Awesome. You want him to tell you the truth. What kind of doctor wouldn't be straight up with you? You say, but it's going to hurt. That's right. But it's faithful. And it will bring healing. Are y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the other end of this deal. I want to cover the whole deal right here. The other end of this deal. Before you get real blunt with somebody, before you say something that, that could be possibly hurtful or, or, or something of that nature, make sure you've earned the right to do it. Now, let me say what I mean by that. I've got, I've got a good friend. I've got a good friend. Uh, he, he lives out of state. And, uh, and, and he has the right to tell me anything he wants to tell me. Matter of fact, he has before. He has confronted me with issues, with, with thoughts, uh, as far as belief systems, different things uh, before. Uh, I remember he was the first one that challenged me about, about wearing suits and ties and whether you have to to please God or not. Because my whole life I was, you know, if you don't have a tie on, you're not, you know, Jesus hates you. So, you know, you got to do all that. And he was really confronting me with that situation. And I'd argue with him because I just, it's just what I was told. And, and one, one day, one day he said, he said, Malcolm, let me ask you a question. Your, your best deeds, your, your best deeds that you can do, the best good deeds that you can do, what are they in God's eyes? Well, I said, well, according to Scripture, I had him. According to Scripture, there is filthy rags. He said, so you think you're going to impress him with a suit? I said, how about I bust you right in the mouth? You like that? Right here in front of everybody? 
But see, here's the thing. He's earned the right to be honest with me. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way so we can all get it. He's earned the right to hurt me. You say, why why did you allow him to say something that could possibly be hurtful? Because I know he loves me. And here's where we have a problem. Sometimes, some people want to go give advice and counsel, and they say, I'm your friend, so I'm going to tell you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You might not have earned the right to say that. You may not have earned the right to do that. You need to know. You need to know sure enough. Because, because that type of friendship, that type of confronting is reserved to one who's earned the right. Amen. That's not in your notes, but I'm just throwing that out there. So be careful before you're going to say something hurtful to somebody that you made sure you've earned the right to do it because you may be cashing a check and the balance is empty. Say amen. What does that mean? You, you need to make a whole lot of love deposits before you, 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 you ask for a withdrawal because they're not going to look at you as a friend. They're going to look at you as an enemy. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, I want somebody that's going to confront me. I want to be around people I want to be around people who will, who will, if they see something in my life that's detrimental to who I am, that they're going to say something. Well, see, here's the thing. Too many of us have an attitude with them type people. Too many of us don't want any of that. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. We don't want, we tolerate it at church because we know we got to go. Hello. But we don't allow people in our life that's closer. I don't go home with you. I can't go home with you. But guess what? There's people that work with you every day. There's people that go to school with you every day. There's people that go to the market with you every day that knows you really good. And you need to have the type relationship with somebody that they can say, hey, man, you, you got a bad attitude this week. I don't know what's going on, but uh, you need chill. And the type of relationship where you can say, man, I'm I'm sorry. My bad. So I don't want somebody telling me that. Well, guess what? You're going to be a lonely person. Because I don't care. I don't care what the relationship is. Every relationship needs a little bit of friction. And if you can't handle a little bit of friction, you're not going to be a very good friend. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, number one, say it with me. Someone that will challenge, all right? Uh, number two, someone that will confront, all right? Number three, someone who will commit. Commit. What's the Bible say? A friend loveth at... Everybody say it. A friend loveth at... All times. Uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Mays Jackson, he used to say this. He said, if I once was your friend, I am still your friend. If I was ever your friend, I am still your friend. What is he saying? If I'm your friend, it's it. It's a done deal. Are y'all with me? And, and you say, how do I get one of them? Be one of them. Be one of them. That's, that's, that's where it comes in hard. Because a lot of us, we don't have that. We don't have that illustration in our life. We don't have that example in our life. 
We, have, we, we are so used to bailing and running, quitting when it gets hard, throwing in the towel on something. I'll just go find somebody else. Well, what you're going to find when you, when you get rid of this friend because they have an imperfection or they have a problem, you're going to come over here and find that this friend has got one too. So sooner or later, you're going to have to figure out, you're going to have to be one that's just going to love them till the end. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right. Ain't we having fun tonight? Boy, we're going to have a good year this year. Amen. All right. He makes a decision. He makes a decision. He says, I'm going to have the right, hey, hey, I'm going to have the right counsel. I'm going to get the right advice. I'm going to get the right advice, okay? B, I'm going to have the right companion. I'm going to hang around the right people. I'm going to hang around the right people. And by the way, you say, how do I go about finding one with these qualities? Be one with these qualities. Be one with these qualities. You have a, you have a, what we, what we see is we have a tendency to attract who we are. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed gossips usually find each other? If you ever go around and say, I'll tell you what, I don't know why people are always coming to me and telling me stuff. And their song says, here's your sign. Right? Okay. Oh, I'll leave that one alone right there. I'm going to ask the right companion. I'm going to preach one day on that. Here's your sign. Amen. All right. See, see. He says this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. In other words, he's got the right companions. Nor sitteth in the seat of the... The word scornful means to mouth means to mouth. So, I love this one. <clears throat> the happy man has decided not only to have the right counsel, the right companion, but he's going to have the right conversation. He's going to have the right conversation. And I use the word for alliteration purposes, so I'm going to just say it bluntly. Uh, the happy man learned to shut his mouth. The happy man learned to watch his mouth. Uh, say this with me. Lord, come on, everybody. Lord, help me watch my mouth. How many of y'all need the Lord's help for that? Do you know how much stuff is said in God's Word about running our mouths? Do you know what the Bible literally describes the tongue? It says it is a fire. A fire. Y'all with me? Now, I, I like fire. I was an arsonist in another life. I really was. I'm telling you, if, if I was being reincarnated, I was an arsonist sometimes. I like I liked fire. I like building fires. I like seeing it, campfires. I walked out the other day and someone had, and I, I could smell it going down through the hall. I said, man, I want to build a campfire. I like, and, and it just takes it, and it, as the wood burns, it just destroys everything that's there. And the Bible says that our tongues are just like that. They're just like that. Our tongues destroy the words that we have. You know, you heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Because the Bible says our tongues are destructive. And it, and it, it even goes further than describing it as a fire. It says it's a fire set on of hell. How many times, how many times have we said something? 
How many times have we said something? In the moment we say it, we wish to God we could. My, my wife, she did, a, she did a craft with the kids uh, one day, and, 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 and she, she took and gave all of the kids toothpaste. And, 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 and every one of them had a tube of toothpaste, had a plate there. And, and, and she said, all right, now squeeze it all out. So they squeezed all the toothpaste out. And then she gave them a little lesson, and she said, all right, that toothpaste represents your words. She said, now put it back in. I can't describe to you the chaos that ensued. And what them kids look like after that. You said, that's ridiculous, that's impossible. That's what I'm trying to tell you. you. When you try to put it back, you just make a bigger. Oh, preacher, well, they know I didn't mean it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Be careful. I, I'm telling you, to me, this is number one on my list. I've said things in the ministry before, half, half in jest, sometimes trying to be funny, and, and, and someone hear it and, and, and hurt them greatly and just kill me. I'm thinking, how could I be so stupid trying to be funny and hurt somebody just because of the words I said? I, I remember a, a particular situation. We were still in the little building. That, that, that's 14 years ago, 14, 15 years ago, that I said something and hurt somebody's feelings. And I'm telling you, I still think about it today. I still think, how stupid could you have been that long ago? And you know what? You know what hurts the worst about that deal? It was avoidable. It was totally, you know, and God's healed it. God's healed it. We've got a great relationship and all that kind of thing, but how ignorant could I be just with a simple word? How many relationships could have been saved if we would just learn to watch our mouth? Just learn to be quiet. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. I took some Bible verses. I took some Bible verses. And, and, and we're going to ask ourselves a question. Okay? Before I say what I'm fixing to say, it's got to pass these four, four questions. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how am I going to ask these four questions every time I'm fixing to say something? Don't sweat it. The Holy Ghost will help you. Because this is what's going to happen. You're going to fix and say something to your spouse or to your boss or to your children or to whoever it is that you've got an issue with. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, remember question number three? You say, how do you know? Because he's done it to me a hundred times. Especially with my spouse. And then guess what you have? Guess what you have? You have a decision. You have a decision. A choice. Because God's going to help you. Because he knows we're ignorant. Say amen. Go ahead and say amen. I'll say it for you. Amen. We, we have problems. 
We have issues sometimes. We have weaknesses sometimes. We have, we have lapses in, in good judgment sometimes. Amen. So he's going to help us. He's going to guide us. Now, here's the questions. Here's the questions. Is what I'm fixing to say, is the words fixing to come out of my mouth, number one, does it fit? Does it fit? Say it with me. Does it Look what it says, Proverbs 25, 11. A word, come on, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. What does that mean? It means this, that you can say the right thing at a wrong time. In other words, in other words, let's just say, let's just use spouses as an example, relationships as an example. Do you know you can say something that really needs to be said, but it don't need to be said when you said it? When tempers are here, emotions are here, we're all keyed up, we all have... That all we had to do is calm down a little bit. Because when we're like right here, and we're emotional, what you say and how you say it gets mixed up because your emotions will affect the tone of what you say I, I, I can't tell you how many times my wife said I said all I said was she said it wasn't what you said it was how you said it well please help me how'd I say it she said, just like you're doing now. <laughs> so what was the point? Was what I said bad? No, my timing. It did not fit. Just like this. Uh, we, we don't even have to talk about arguments. I'm not talking about arguments or disagreements like that. How many times, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a funeral home when people will come by and I'm standing with the family and they say stuff that just don't fit. Let me, let me give everybody some good advice <clears throat> while I'm at it tonight, amen? Let's drop the phrase when we don't know what to say. Let's drop this phrase, God's got a plan. You... you I know that sounds like a great thing to say at a time. But when a family hears that that's just gone through a tragedy or just gone through a, a, just a terrible deal and they're trying emotionally, you say, what am I supposed to say? Just say, I'm praying for you. I love you. I, it, it is amazing to me how some people will come in and they'll try to explain what happened and they don't even know what happened. And they, they, and they don't, and, and I, I hate saying it like this, but y'all love me and I'm straight with y'all and y'all know we're going to be honest with each other. I'm just telling you now, it don't work. And that's not what this family needs to hear at the time because it does not fit. There is a time and a place for everything. You know what? A lot of people say stuff bad about Job's friends, but they had one thing down that I think they were very wise at. When Job was in his most intense grief, do you know what they did? They came 
And they sat with him and didn't say a word. They just came and grieved with him. I, I've, I've even said it out of ignorance because I heard other preachers say it. Man, what kind of friends were they? They didn't say nothing. But the longer I've pastored and the longer I've counseled and the more funerals I've done and the more hurting and grieving people I've sat with, they did the best things. Because at the time, it fit. It fit. Because when somebody's going through an intense amount of grief, they're not hearing what you're saying anyway. Amen? So ask ourselves this question. When I'm fixing to say what I'm fixing to say, now, now, now do y'all understand, are y'all smart enough to understand that I'm not talking about before we're ordering our taco at Taco Bell? Are y'all with me? Is, come on, get with me, guys. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm talking about when it's important, it's something that's going to make a decision in your life one way or the other. This is what I'm talking about. Is what I'm fixing to say, does it fit the situation? In other words, am I going to make it worse or better by what I'm fixing to say? If that makes sense, say amen. Number two, number two, does it fit? Then number two, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. All right? Now, second question. Is what I'm fixing to say, does it build? Does it build? The word edifying means to build. means to build up. means to build up. Is it, is it going to minister grace? Now, how do we know if it's ministering grace? Is it building them up? It's what I'm saying, building them up. Now, now, I don't have to go and preach this and describe and give you no Greek version of nothing. You know what tears people down and what builds people up. Amen? What the, what the Scripture is saying here is let whatever's coming out of your mouth, it needs to build up whoever is receiving the words that's coming out of your mouth. And by the way, there's a difference between criticism and constructive criticism. If you're claiming it's constructive criticism, it better be to the one you're critiquing, not to somebody else about that one. If you're talking to someone about someone else, that's not constructive criticism. How are you, how are you building them up and you ain't even talking to them? You're telling A about B's problem. How's that doing anything for B? Right? Listen, guys, it's just going to get worse. Y'all might as well get with me. Say amen. amen. Let's be builders this year. Let's let our words build people up, encourage people, strengthen people. I told y'all, this is the one God convicted me most on. Do you realize the Bible says this, that God is going to judge every idle word? God's going God's to talk to us about what we say. Whether we know that or not or realize it or not, we're going to have to give account for the words, whether they're breaking somebody down or building somebody up. Remember this. People will forget what you say to them. But they'll never forget how you made them feel. So the words that come out of your mouth, they may forget what you said to them but they'll never forget what you said and how it made them feel. 
Are you building them? And by the way, don't you just love being around people that's tearing you down all the time? So, Lord, no, preacher, I don't like that. That's my point. Dr. Brown, where I went to Bible college, <clears throat> first time I met him, first time I met him, me and my father uh, was in South Carolina, and uh, I had gone to look at a college in Greenville, South Carolina. We were coming back through. It just didn't fit, didn't feel right. And, uh, and, and so we was coming back through, uh, and I was going to meet. I had a, another preacher friend of mine that I, I really liked. He lived in North Augusta, South Carolina. That's where Victory Baptist College was, where I went to Bible college. He said, well, hey, uh, 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 Dr. Brown, he's home. He's in town. Uh, uh, let's go over and meet him. And so here we're going over to meet the, the president of the college and the pastor of the biggest church I'd ever been to in my life at the time. And so he's just, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's just this intimidating figure and, and, and nervous and all this kind of thing. And, and we get out the car and he's standing in the yard playing with his boxers. He had two or three boxer bulldogs throwing the ball, wrestling with him, just having a big time. And I'm thinking, I'm liking him already. Say amen. We get to talking. He asked me, he says, he says, boy, you got a car? I said, yes, sir. He said, what do you got? I said, candy apple red, I rock Z28 with T-tops. Say amen, church. <laughs> he said, boy, we got rules around here. And I'm like, oh. I'm thinking he ain't going to let me keep my car. He said, I said, yes, sir, what's the rule? He said, when we race, we win. I said, all right. There was one quality that just drew me to him. No matter who he was, he made you feel like a million dollars. He was, he was, I hate using this term, but you, you'll know what I'm talking about. He was kind of a big deal. In, in the preacher circles or whatever, he was kind of a big deal. And, and he was preaching, I think, in Orlando, Florida. And my dad was really a small church pastor. And, and, and in the big scheme of things, kind of, kind of I don't want to say a nobody, but y'all know what I'm saying. No, nobody really knew who he was. He didn't, you know. He goes to this meeting, and he's sitting in the middle of the congregation, and, and, and Dr. Brown remembered him from, you know, being my father when we was up there. And in the middle of that whole service, when all the other dignitary celebrity preachers up there he walked past every one of them and sat down beside my dad and piled around with him all night long my dad never forgot how he made him feel y'all with me he built my dad up just just listen we have a choice the words coming out of our mouth we have a choice we can either build people up or tear people down. And guess what? You're the only one that operates your mouth. So whatever's coming out of that mouth, we decide what comes out. Say amen. amen. Number three. Is what I'm fixing to say, does it fit? Does it fit? Number two. Does it build? Number three. Does it heal? Does it heal? Look what it says. Proverbs 16, 24. 
pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and, and, say it again, and, what kind of words? Pleasant words. Pleasant words. I've been around people, I've been around people no matter what kind of mood they was in. They were still nice. And they were still kind. I, I, I shouldn't promote a country song, but there's a country song that I just, I just love. Always be humble and kind. It is such a simple message that, that every Christian should be pros at. But I'm afraid that's not always the case. Pleasant words. Be nice. Just a couple weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a gentleman in the church service with us on a Sunday morning. His name was uh, Brother Sparks. Uh, and and he, was, he preached chapel when I was a little kid. I was a little kid. Now, that was a cool experience to be able to preach a message in, in your chapel speaker when you was a little bitty kid just sitting there in front. And I remember in the chapel service, this is what kind of impact it made on me. I remember this that long ago. I, I'm, I may have been eight or nine years old, maybe. And he talked about your words. And he talked about the effect of your words and how to choose your words. And, and it just happened to be in Florida at that particular time cold. And it normally is not cold, but it just happened to be. And sometimes it gets cold, and when it gets cold down there, it's cold. It's a wet cold. I don't know what it is about being right there on the ocean, but when it gets cold, I mean, it chills you to the bone. Well, everybody's all, you know, because we're not used to it. Most of them don't like it. And so we're sitting in the chapel service, and he's talking about our words. He says, he says don't say it's cold. Say it's chilly. And you know what my first thought was? Well, that's stupid. It's cold. And you know what? The older I got, the more it made sense to me. He was choosing to take a bad situation, an uncomfortable issue, and try to make it better. Something as simple as saying, boy, it's chilly outside. It's brisk. You say, oh, that doesn't mean try it. Start taking negative, harsh words out of your vocabulary and use something more pleasant and see if it doesn't change the way people see you. I'm, I'm just reading the Bible. Let me read it again. Y'all looking at me funny. I see y'all ain't been using pleasant words very much. <laughs> Proverbs 16, 24. Read it with me. Pleasant word. Come on, everybody. Everybody in the balcony. I want to hear you in the balcony. Come on, help me. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and help to the bone. How many of y'all would agree our society needs some help? What if, our, what if our Christians just started being a little more pleasant? Amen? All right, and here's the most important one. Here's the most important one. Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Now, why do you think he would add meditation of my heart? Because out of the abundance of the the mouth speaketh. Whatever you focus on with your heart, whatever you think about, it's going to come out your mouth. 
Amen? Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable. The word means favorable. It means pleasing, desirable. Be acceptable in thy sight, O my strength and my redeemer. Here's the thing. Is what I'm fixing to say, is it going to please the Lord? Is it going to please the Lord? And you know what? I think this, if we ask that question first, it will probably answer all the other three. Is the Lord going to be pleased with what I'm fixing to say? Is the Lord going to be pleased with what I'm fixing to say? And, and we got two minutes, I'm not even going to tempt that. But how many of y'all, how many of y'all can remember to bring those notes back next week? How many of you just lied in the house of the Lord? <coughs> I know your track record, amen? <laughs> bring those notes back. Bring those notes back. What did we learn? Let's summarize. We got a minute and 51 seconds. There's no way in the world I'm letting y'all leave early. I got to keep my reputation. <clears throat> All right. Let's go over this. Let's go over this. What did we learn? This year, this year, I'm going to be careful who I get advice from. I'm going to be careful who I get advice from. Okay? Uh, number two, I'm going to be very selective of who I hang out with. You know what this may mean? This may mean you need to find some new people. And it probably, it probably would do you some good to find somebody. And by the way, by the way, pick someone that you want to be like. I heard a question. This is kind of good of illustration, but it's kind of off top. It's not really spiritual. But uh, a guy was speaking to a, a really really wise guy and he said he said i want to be a millionaire he said how many do you know he said how many are you hanging around how many are you spending time with how many are you bending their ear getting advice so what's the point find somebody you want to be like find and i'm, I'm saying spiritually Fine, and it could be financially. Hey, this works both ways. Find someone that you can look up to and that can challenge you. Challenge you. Amen? I'm going to be, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to be selective. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Amen? Amen? Number three. Number three. I'm going to wash my mouth. I'm just, there's no easy way to say that. It's just you got to just, I'm going to wash my mouth. I'm going to be better with my mouth. I'm tired of having toothpaste all over my hands. Say amen. <laughs> I'm going to wash my mouth. I want to build people up this year. Whatever I say, I want to build them up. I want to be an encouragement. I want to be an encouragement. Miss Diane, I want to be more like you. I'm going to just tell you, you're one of my heroes. Every time I'm around you, you've always got a smile. And, and, and you've had a rough go of it, and you always are a blessing to me. So I'm going to start this message by applying it, and you're, you're really cool, and you're a great blessing to me. And I want to be more like you. Amen? Now, try doing some of that, because I know she feels good, and I feel real good. <clears throat> be a blessing to somebody. Be a blessing to somebody. And all God's people say it. Lord Jesus, this is 